0: This is Byron Lazine and Nicole White, and you are tuned into episode 265 of The Real Word.
1: Wow. Word is up. You have some energy today. What did you do? Well, I've got a lot of
0: energy. I'm here at Turn On. Nicole, it's, by the way, it's yeah. I'm three hours behind you, and I've got this energy I mean, the, it's, on the oh, Pacific coast. Well,
1: and I'm just realizing I put my watch on upside down, so it's a totally different time here, too. But good for you. Look at you. you got tons of energy. You slept I, well.
0: I'm in Portland at the Turn On event.
1: Are you turned on?
0: I am a little turned on by, like by the whole thousand watt vibe, you know, Mark Davison, he really does get me going. I don't know if I'd use the, this phrase that you just used for the well, event. Get me
1: going but, is uh, but
0: uh, no, pretty that, intense too. Listen, thousand watt, they're the premier agency for a lot of real estate brands that we all know and love. Mm-hmm. And this is a unique event. It's in a theater. Um,
1: it actually looks like you're more in a dungeon. Listen, so we're actually, totally Bobby, taking your word on that. Go, you're go like, grab,
0: go grab like some you're of shackled.
1: the. I um, you're shackled. and they're like pushing uh, your food under the some of the gifts. The you table. know which gifts I'm talking I mean, about. The, the, the unique,
0: door. unique gifts. Just grab me a handful of them, and then we'll put them back. Grab a well, handful. Because
1: sh- everyone can see that on a podcast. The I'm going to show gifts.
0: It. If you're if you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see. So they're handing Nicole. Look at what they're handing out at this conference. Can you see what that is?
1: Uh no, it's blurry. Move it back a little. Are they are they Is it gum?
0: It's matches. not gum. I know you would like gum. It's not matches, but you're getting close.
1: I do like gum. Uh what is it? It's a black. I see a black line.
0: This is turn on rolling papers.
1: Oh my god. They're,
0: so you walk in, you are check in. Are the rolling in, you...
1: papers black? Is that what I was seeing? That was black. No, no, no.
0: The the case the case is black. Okay. Um, because it's, brand oh, new to I the still think I'd event. rather,
1: I'd rather gum.
0: I know you'd like gum, but they, they've got a journal, they've got pens and then they, and they've got rolling paper. So I like it. And l- look at this, Nicole. Yeah. This is the first time I've ever had this. This says, this says press? press on it.
1: You're wearing a badge. You never wear a badge. Your name's not even on it.
0: It just says press. Perfect. Okay. So, so if
1: going forward, if we're ever at an event, instead of getting a sticker that says Byron Lizzie, we'll have to have it say press and you'll wear it.
0: And I'll wear it. I was like, Mark, this is this is really pushing it here. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, so that's what I'm doing here. I'm going to be going live a bunch uh, today. Obviously, if you're listening to this pod, uh, you know, always premieres at two East Coast time. I'll probably have already gone live, but the following day I'll be going live again on on Wednesday. Anyways, let's jump into what we've got. No one wants to
1: hear about your live events.
0: No, they don't. We've got three rackets. Racket number one, million dollar listing star warns California mansion tax will deliver hardest hit to the market since 2007. Okay, so Josh Altman, Yep, he went on to Fox Business. This is a Fox Business article. We'll link it down below. Uh, California law called United to House LA establishes a 4% tax on home sales, 5 million and up, 5.5% on sales that are 10 million and up your quick math, Nicole on the $5 million home. Was well, what?
1: yeah, well I did, I did at 5% but it was supposed it was to just 250,000. So two, yeah. Well, that was at 5%. So at uh, the four would be 200, 200 grand. Oh,
0: it's, it's, it's five. It's 4%. 4% what did I, on did 5 I say
1: million. 5%? No, no, no. That's the math I did. I did incorrect math, which is not surprising, but the, so 4% on 5 million would be
0: 200. Yeah. So $200,000 on a $5 million sale. So yes. to your point, um, you know, you wouldn't get this extra, you, you said it before the show. What did you say about do, I said, do you drop down to four, nine, you
1: just, you don't want to sell over four, nine. Cause even if you got four two, five, two, you're out, you're at back at 5 million. So I feel like your breakoff point there. You're just maybe hanging out at four, nine.
0: Okay. So that works at a $5.1 million house or a $5.2 million house because the $200,000 in taxes, you know, gets washed away. But if you're yeah. talking about, if you're talking about 7 million, then that's a different story, right? Because, okay, I'm going to pay the, I'm going to pay the 4%, right. which is 280 grand, but I'm not going to leave 1.7 million on the t- obviously. So, you not. know, that, that goes without saying you weren't yeah. saying that. And then at, at 10 million, you have this 5.5% tax, which is, which is $550,000. Obviously that's, mm-hmm. that, I mean, that's a lot of money, man. So that's, much money. That's, so,
1: I mean, that's more than some some agents are able to negotiate for themselves, you know,
0: well, these sellers, you know what these sellers are going to say to their agent. Oh, Hey, yeah. I, I got to give California five and a half percent. You're asking me for five. Yeah. You think I'm giving ten and a half percent? of this sale away before, and we're not even getting into. Do you
1: think that these Californians and all this still kind are of stuff are getting five percent? I feel like at that price point, I they're don't getting know they,
0: at that price point, they're getting four. Yeah, I, I know, say, I know that they're getting four, it's two and two. I've talked to enough of these people who have done deals. I haven't talked to yeah. Josh personally about yeah. his splits. You're amazing. Yep. Um, but I've talked to people that do deals with Josh right. um, and people that do deals in that ecosystem. And we're talking about, you know, 4% a lot of times. And yeah. then there's deals that are three, there's deals that are five. Of I'm course. not, I'm not saying that there's, a, you know, a locked in commission yeah. um, rate, but, yeah. but I'm, you know, I'm saying that there are a lot of deals that are 4%. Okay. So, uh, Listen, we're going to give our thoughts on property taxes overall, right after we finish up this um, million dollar tax. Okay. So let us know in the comments, by the way, if you're in one of these luxury markets and if they're considering it, if you're in California specifically, what are you hearing about this particular tax? Okay. So- Uh, Though it's home to some of the most luxurious and expensive real estate listings in America, California is uh, getting ready to pass this uh, tax, and that will uh, create the hardest hit to the market since 2000, 2007, uh, 2008, according to Josh Altman. About 10 or day, uh, days or so, there uh, in about 10 days or so, there's a measure called the ULA measure that's going into effect. Uh, it's probably going to be the hardest hit to the market we've seen okay, since 2007. So it's good. It's, it sounds like it's happening. It's happening. Okay? Um, properties sold above the 5 million uh, and, and then above the 10 million have this 4% and 5.5% tax respectively. At least 92% of taxpayers' money would fund affordable housing under the Affordable Housing Program and tenant assistance programs under Homeless uh, Prevention Program. So they're going to take this money and 92% of the funds are going to go into affordable housing uh, initiatives. The way that this ULA measure was passed is just mind-boggling, according to Altman. He thinks it's one of the most ridiculous bills that he's ever seen in his 20-year career. The Los Angeles City Administrative Officer estimated the proposed tax could generate $600 million to $1.1 billion in revenue each year or, or, or it could, it could actually backfire backfire and get people to just sit (laughs) on inventory and listen, we're not worried about inventory in this price range. Right. Right. When we talk about the inventory issues across the country, we're not like worried about, oh my gosh, there's people sitting on $5 million homes. You know, there's a very small percentage of people that can afford five and $10 million homes. So if people do decide to sit on these homes in California and not sell them, um, you know, maybe they start doing luxury short-term rentals or something with these properties. I, I'm not worried about it. It's not going to be an inventory hit. Um, but the the city administrative said the, that it would fluctuate based on how many property transactions with values within the scope actually occur, right? And to the point, if people don't want to sell those properties, you're not going to get any of that tax. Obviously, some of these transactions are going to happen. Nicole, we're going to start with this mansion tax and we're going to break okay. it down to property taxes overall. Your thoughts on the mansion tax? Going into effect in California,
1: I, I'm I, I'm I, so obviously the California market is very different from the Connecticut market because selling something over five million. I think maybe we're doing that this year, my first time. Um, which Nicole is, has
0: a property, a listing yes. under contract right now, over yes. five million. So yes. don't let her try to act like she's no, you know, not not playing this <laughs> league here. The first,
1: it's the first time ever in my in my career. Um, i just it's mind blo- it's my it's mind-blowing i can't even i mean five and a half percent i mean i i get what you're saying that there's probably not a ton but there's there in california i think there's enough there's enough, if they're able to generate a billion dollars there's clearly enough people selling for them to generate that um i i am kind of curious i mean not that not that it's going to affect us tremendously but i'm curious what exactly their initiatives are like what you know obviously it's the affordable housing but exactly what are they building are they right. giving people more money like yeah
0: I'm what like, are they actually going to do right, you can I'm say not, affordable yeah. housing that's a very it's a buzzword i it's believe we need more affordable buzzword. housing but yeah
1: <clears throat> but there's a lot what, of homeless in la like yeah. are you providing homes for them or are they staying on your streets um, look, what is affordable in California? Is that still truly affordable to those that can't afford? I to, don't know. It's
0: to your point. It's one of the most high, you know, it's already got one of the highest taxes in the country. When you look at California, when yeah. you look at the overall tax and they have those issues that you just pointed out, like the homeless issue. So it's like, you've already got, you've already been gifted by your residents, a whole lot of money, right? Governments don't make money. They're gifted money by their residents. They governments don't earn anything. They they take people's money and then what do they do with it and and so they're going to take more money here in California and it's going remains to be seen what will they do with that money you know what are these programs going to look like will they actually work right Um, okay so Allman says that it's a race to the bottom over the next ten days as buyers are trying to close deals uh, before this mansion tax is enacted so they're like. They're they're going into escrow and they're like just trying to close these deals up quickly, which is remember that imagine that people are giving
1: cl- bonuses. We have offered a million dollar bonus for anybody who buys and closes before April one.
0: Yeah, and so imagine that right now you get a deal on a five million six million dollar house, and it's like we got a ten day close. Okay, we're gonna we're just gonna come in here and and do the deal right now. Okay. So man, he's um, got, he
1: had an early spring market, huh? Holy shit.
0: So the people who voted for this said, I don't have a $5 million house. Um, you know, the, and so the, a lot of people that, that are, that are for this, obviously aren't, aren't playing in this league. Okay. this this, uh, 5 million and up house, but, um, th- there you go. That's what's going on in California. Now, let, now. let's get into our property taxes overall. Okay. okay. Um, and we're staying here in racket one, but it's based off of this, off of this segment. I believe that we will see in 2023, we're going to see inventory loosen up in some parts of the country because of property taxes. I think about places like the Northeast, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, Massachusetts. I think about places like Texas where property taxes are extremely high. When these new assessments from the last two or three years where property values went up forty plus percent mm-hmm. in almost every area of the country. Right. When these new assessments come out, and a lot of them are coming out in two thousand twenty. Ours came out. We already got ours. So the new assessment in Connecticut already came out, Nicole. Well, in my
1: in my town. Each town now, is, each town is different. I mean, my and, I got my new assessment. Oh, and they're now voting on the new mill. They have to now adapt. The, have to change the mill no. exactly,
0: so people don't know what a mill rate is because that's not how everybody you know d- does their property taxes yeah. in the country. But what Connecticut does is they got the assessed value on these homes, okay? So a new assessment, they all went up, all okay? went okay. Now they vote on what's the mill rate, how they're going to calculate against the assessment for the property taxes. Now, right. what I know is going to happen because it's happened historically over the years, these mill rates are not going to come down.
1: Well, okay. ours is going down. They okay, go down. Well,
0: they can, they could, they could go down. You're right. All right. But they go but, down. They usually but, go down. But do they go down? Here's the point. Do they go down enough Nicole oh, to no. bring your property taxes down? Your taxes no. aren't going down. On no, property.
1: the taxes are your taxes are never going down. No. Right. But so, I mean, it, the the mill is certainly coming down enough that you're not multiplying your assessment times your current mill. That's where people start freaking out is they think that holy shit. I just doubled in taxes. Okay. But, so, so, yeah. so they're
0: going to, they're going to fall somewhere in the middle where the taxes are going to jump up and listen, there are going to be some people, your house, your personal house is one of them where we're yeah. talking about a 20 plus percent increase in taxes, 10% plus. Yeah. Your yeah. home might be more than that because it, yeah. it was under assessed anyways, but uh, hopefully nobody's listening,
1: <laughs>
0: but 10% increase in taxes. Listen, there are, there are some, I just had a, a normal, I sold a place last year because the tax were out of control, a normal two bedroom, you know, not, I guess uh, not no. normal, but, but, but two bedroom condo. Taxes are $13,000 13, Okay, 13000 so You increase that by 10%. That's another $1,300. You increase it by 20%. We're talking over $2,500 on top of the $13,000. We're talking $15,000. So as these assessments come out in different parts of the country, and we know that we're just using Connecticut as an example, we know that that's happening this year. As these increased property taxes come out, you're going to see some more inventory come onto the market because people are going to raise their hand. People are going to raise their hand in Texas and say, enough, I'm done with this, I'm going to go and buy a property somewhere else, or I'm going to move to a different part of the state right. where my taxes are a little bit less. That's what right. I did in Connecticut getting yeah. ahead of this issue.
1: Yeah. I mean, but you found it and you were able to find a house, just a few towns over that saved you $10,000 a year.
0: It has the lowest mill rate in the state of Connecticut. Right? right. And so, so that was the decision I made. Cause I knew that I could see this coming. Um, of course, this year of yeah, and, and it's going to be one thing that we're not talking about at all. Uh, that will help inventory. Now, I don't think it helps prices. Um, it won't help people's equity that get hit the hardest on, on these property taxes, right. but it will help get some people to say, I'm going to make a move here yeah. because the taxes have gotten so far out of control.
1: Well yeah and i think where we'll see it the most is probably with the boomers you know it's time it's time to get out of the the family home now officially or it's time to get rid of that home that is we've been hanging on to that is you know maybe now just our second home in in those specific towns for sure that and
0: first time home buyers that are just like oh man because you know prices lag yeah these these issues so so this comes out the the price drops um in the hardest hit property taxes are going to lag and so anybody looking uh, in that time frame, for sure, timeframe, be like, it, yeah. oh, it's become unaffordable again.
1: Yeah. Well, it, it's certainly going to change what they, what they, what it's going to affect their purchasing power for sure. I mean, I think for some, for some, you know, new, 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 new homeowners, you know, first time home buyers, I think they're, they are still very town driven, school driven. So um, I don't know that that'll, that'll change maybe their direction, but it'll certainly change their, their price point. Yeah. yeah
0: what they, what they can afford. You mentioned yeah. Boomers, Nicole, which was a great, Segway. I was trying. I know. I I know you're lobbing it up for me. The tug of war between millennials and boomers heats up this spring. According to inman.com five real estate experts explain how rising mortgage rates, inflation and economic uncertainty could impact baby boomers and millennials this spring and how both groups can succeed. Uh, Those two groups have we've talked about this over the years on the on the real world. Those two groups have competed a lot against each other. Uh, In the last few years, you see millennials want to be in a walkable downtown, you know, environment, but boomers want that as well as they downsize and get their retirement home. Okay. The spring market's barely begun, um, but we're already seeing the ultimate game of catch 22. Home prices are beginning to loosen some uh, despite fluctuating mortgage rates primed to offset the savings. Uh, We've got the robust job market. Okay, all, all this stuff we know. Okay, so how are mortgage rates going to impact millennials and boomers? Specifically, uh, we've got your senior economists from Realtor.com. I think current demographics in the U.S. are a tr- uh, tremendous tailwind to housing, but at the same time, they are inherently creating a problem in essence because of this tailwind. Given the shortage of inventory, we're obviously running into a problem with affordability. So the 44 uh, million Americans who have hit the their prime home buying age. OK, that's that's the millennial group uh, between twenty six and thirty five. Despite common stereotypes about millennial and Gen Zers valuing avocado toast and lattes over home ownership, uh, he said that multiple surveys show these generations want to purchase homes. OK, we, we both believe that they want to purchase homes. Of course. Um, and so, listen, wh- when it comes to the mortgage rate, Nicole, Think the millennials are going to be harder hit because they are buying those five dollar lattes and uh you know avocado toast in, in like that town that i just sold in Connecticut, there's a, a place that does avocado toast it's like 15 dollars for avocado toast this stuff this stuff's, this stuff's not, not cheap, cheap no, it's all. just no. bread and avocado but no um so so because they're they're spending money and, and we've covered this in the past where right. they're spending a lot of money on dating they're racking up credit card bills they've got less money to spend on their houses millennials don't have that problem I mean, uh, boomers rather don't have that problem. They, right. they control one seventh of the world's wealth. Okay. So well, plus... they're not,
1: they're not doing three and a half percent down FHA, you know, no, no. Se, se,
0: 70 plus of 70 plus million. Uh, the boomers control one seventh of the world's wealth. They can come, they're the ones that, that can come in and buy properties cash. So right. I don't think these interest rates impact boomers the same way they do millennials. Okay. okay. Um, A lot of households have locked into mortgages over the last couple of years on 3%. It's going to hurt inventory. The boomers that are locked in under 3% that don't have to move or they don't have to, they're not in those prime buying years that are dictated by schools and all this kind of stuff. So they don't have to buy. Um, All right. Let's, let's go to uh, their second thing here, new home market. The new home market won't save home buyers. Okay. Okay. So what, what does that mean? New, new home market. Despite the challenges of fluctuating mortgage rates, worsening affordability and low inventory, TKI co-founder and CEO Thomas Gamble told in Mindus Company's uh, latest quarterly analytics report shows a silver lining. We've really just had a completely out of this world experience over the last couple of years. Uh, where if it has a driveway and a door it's going to sell over ass with multiple buyers okay we got that obviously we're not in that market anymore and that's maybe knocking out some of the opportunistic sellers okay so um this oh wait i'm sorry i skipped over that one uh the new home market this is the silver lining i'm sorry silver lining and generational buying and selling trends we'll go back to the other one okay so just because the opportunities have dropped down or changed a little bit it's not really dominant reason people move they move or list their home because of things that are happening like being close to a family or uh, you know school like we just talked about you know what's what's immediately happening in their life so with that in mind gamble predicts empty nesters homeowners between 45 and 64 with no children at home are expected to make up 10.2 percent of all listings that come to the market by February 2024 retirees 65 and older 7.5 percent okay so that's not a tsunami of inventory from that demographic he's basically saying a lot of those folks are going to stay put nicole do you think a lot of the um that boomer and and retired generation has already made their moves and they're staying put moving forward
1: I think I think a lot of them have. I think a lot of. I mean, we talked about this. I feel like you know, maybe in 2021, you know, about 2020, we saw a lot of shifts in 2020, um, with the boomers moving or downsizing or trying to get closer to family. Or I, I think I I think that they've already made the shift. I know for like my boomer family, like. They've already made the shift. I moved my mom maybe six years ago. My, my father just sold his last year and and now was settled into like where he'll be. So um, I do I, I think that I think that the the shift is probably already for a majority of them has already taken place.
0: School age families with children between the ages of seven and seventeen will comprise 23.5% of listings within the next 12 months. Uh, families with children 18 to 24 are expected to come in second place at 15.8% of listings. So there you go. If you're looking for listings, look for people with children 7 to 24. Um, you know That's going to be basically 40% of all listings. Singles and couples under 35 with no children will have a harder time breaking through. Uh, they're only going to make up 8.7% uh, and 5.4% of listings respectively so singles and couples with no children are going to make up you know 13 but basically if you just say okay people that have children 24 and under that's 50 percent more uh plus of all listening young families with children under the age of six 6.4 so you get take 6.4 5 8 um what's that 13 20 plus the 40 60 percent if you take people with children or 24 years or under or no Mm -hmm. children, that's going to be six out of 10 listings basically to to break that down. Okay. Uh, That's who you want to target when you're looking at listings. Then let's go back to this new home market won't save home buyers. Uh, Zillow senior economist believes um, that homeowners are going to continue to sit on this inventory. So this is a theme here on on, uh, this struggle between millennial buyers and boomer. Buyers. Although buyers will benefit from rebates and other deals, Gardner said the new home market is still chronically undersupplied and the impact of increased construction, lo- uh, long zoning and permitting timelines, and the lack of available land in denser coastal markets will hit buyers in their pockets with the median sale price for new homes reaching $427,500 in February, 19% higher than the median cost for existing homes, uh, which is $359,000 dollars. Okay. So uh, new homes aren't going to help. You agree there, Nicole? We certainly agree in the Northeast.
1: In the Northeast, I was going to say, I mean, what's happening in your backyard out in Florida? I mean, it's, aren't, were they only building for boomers? I feel like I know, but
0: but they're all so high price. You can't go down to not South Florida and get something at, you can't get, I've never, ever seen in South Florida, a single family home at $360,000. Okay, no. if I'm wrong, let me know in the comments. I've never seen a single family new construction. I'm talking in in you know in the last five years here. Okay, um, for three hundred and sixty thousand dollars, they don't exist. They're all a half a million. Well, and but
1: up. I mean, we're not. <laughs> I mean, we're not building up in the northeast for under that though, either. So no, I
0: get it. That that's yeah. the problem with yeah. with all of these these new builds. Even the ones that do come out don't meet the market.
1: No, I hear you. But I guess my only point is is that I I do feel as though a boomer, you know, if they're moving from the northeast and want to head south, can probably afford a new construction at five hundred thousand. So that may be relinquishing a home for you know an entry level buyer to then buy that house. You know, if if the boomer is actually you know relocating and moving and they can afford the new construction where, again, where the entry level is going to be gobbling up the boomer's house they just sold. So uh, it's interesting. I mean, I don't don't know if there's like, I I love this tug of war idea, but I, I feel like one sort of feeds the other for sure.
0: The biggest issue between millennials that don't have kids yet and boomers specifically is they typically want the same thing. Okay, and so that's where you see competition. Right. um, I'm hearing you. In a lot of these towns where where they want that location. Of
1: course.
0: Zillow CEO Rich Barton this week, Nicole, said the real pain is probably coming. So our third and final racket here on today's show, Zillow, which held 3.4 billion in cash and investments at the end of 2022, is well prepared to weather any storm, including the banking fallout, Barton said in an interview just last Thursday. The writing on the wall is clear. We're in some rocky. We're in for some rocky economic times. Okay, so we're gonna find out tomorrow, Nicole, what the Fed thinks about these rocky times. They're they're gonna FOMC meeting is gonna release their latest thoughts on or their latest rather, uh, interest rate hike. Maybe they're gonna pause. I don't think they're gonna cut. Uh, the market's pricing in twenty five basis point hike. Um, and Rich Barton believes that we have a storm coming. We haven't seen the worst of it yet. He actually loves a storm. He said in a wine-raging interview that touched the health of Zillow as a company, the decision to shutter the eye-buying platform, uh, as well as his own early career. Warren Buffett likes to say, "Nicole, are you ready? You don't know who's swimming naked until the tide goes out." I've actually quoted that here on the Real Word. Have you? Yeah, yeah I have. I've, I've never heard somewhere. you say
1: it ever. Not here.
0: Uh, maybe I've quoted it uh, wrong. Show, wrong on girl, Wrong girl. a lot of people a lot of people are swimming naked right now rich barton says and they're going to get exposed um a loft of cruft is getting washed out to sea he told geek wire referring not only to the banking whiplash but also interest rates reaching 20-year highs and layoffs across all sectors of the economy so nicole do you think the worst is yet to come in
1: 2023 um I think that the worst in 2023 compared to like these last three months. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think that compared yeah.
0: to 2022, do you think, yeah. In, in the last three months, do you think we're, we're in for more pain?
1: I do think we're in for more pain. I, again, I hate, I, I'm not a huge, fan, like the worst is yet to come because it makes it sound like it's going to be awful. Um, again, I, I just think it's, I think it's going to be sh- certainly shaky and, and unsteady and, and will cause a lot of people probably to hesitate. Um, again, especially if they're uncertain about, about, about their money or their, their jobs or what have you. So yeah, no, I mean, I definitely think that the future is going to be a little shaky.
0: The real pain is probably coming. Rich Barton said all organizations should be prepared for that. So even in your real estate business, we started talking about this last year in quarter three, quarter four, being prepared for what is ahead is still a good idea as we sit here at the end of quarter one of 2023. It's not just back to business as usual. You should still be preparing for more pain. Rich Barton is doubling down on that. He says that Zillow is luckily ahead of what's happening in the housing market this year, probably because they got rid of all that inventory right. that they were sitting on. He feels pretty good about that decision to shutter uh, the Zillow eye buying. Uh, it just feels like magic, and it feels effortless. He told GeekWire um, when he's when he's talking about uh, leading a business through choppy waters. He is the magic man apparently, to be able to lead Zillow through these times. Think the Zillow's- magic
1: man. Maybe he'll be good, uh, turned up with you over there.
0: He'll be able to, be able to turn on here. Turn on. In, in Portland. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, overall, I agree with Rich. I think these are pretty obvious statements. We, we've been talking about a recession for a year and right. a half, and we probably uh, we will see what the Fed does tomorrow. We probably could go into one. It's going to be the most anticipated recession of all time. We have our first banking crisis, real banking crisis since 2008. So it seems like a pretty obvious statement. Uh, it's it's also obvious to say that agents right now shouldn't just be saying typical agent things. Okay. So I think there's two sides to this. It's like one, your messaging to the market needs to change where it's always a good time to buy. These types of things aren't relevant in right one-on-one conversations anymore and then also you personally how you're going to operate your business and the way you're going to make moves in 2023 can't be um jimmy macken ceo of curator says this all the time who, who i think i'll be lucky enough to see her later today uh your playbook for 2022 is not going to work in 2023 right. that is clear and and that's why i think people are getting confused with this back to the basic stuff they think it's just like let me go back to my old playbook it's back to the basics on work ethic because it was easy the last two years right but your playbook on on the work ethic that you're applying to the playbook has to be different
1: right yeah the playbook has to be different well that's just it i mean when you say back to the basics a a lot of a lot of the agents these were the basics you know 20 21 22 were their basics so So again, like it's just I, I think it's I think like you're saying it's it, it the the verbiage needs to change a little bit in terms of you know the, back to the basics of, of of working for sure.
0: Yeah, back to the basics of like a you know four hour workday doesn't cut it. Okay. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, or waiting you know, for your phone to call and like you're going to yeah. run out and you know draft an offer. No, you need to actually like educate. You need to help them. Um, you need to reassure them. Um, yeah, again, you need to, you definitely need to be educated with what's happening.
0: Eight to noon every single day. Yeah. Like making calls is a oh, really yeah. good idea. And then going in the afternoon and getting, whether you have appointments or not getting face to face with people. What do I mean by if you have appointments or not, if you don't have listing appointments and buyer appointments, how do you get face to face with people? You, you go and meet with the financial investors and institutions in your market, why wouldn't you right now be going and creating relationships with all the regional bank uh, bankers and lenders and seeing what they're seeing in the market insurance agents going and just getting in front of people, going to the local coffee shop where all the attorneys in your market. I was going to say attorneys
1: for sure. Yeah.
0: They love doing coffee and and doing nothing all day. So go hang out where the attorneys hang out. These are the things that you should be doing in the afternoon after making three, four hours of call. That's what back to the basics means. But then how you're actually going to go out there and uh, the conversations you're going to have with people, the information that you're going to deliver, that's not going to be basic because it's changing every single day. And the storm continues to brew and and create different forecasts. And that's what Rich Barton's talking about is that it could get worse and you've got to be up to the minute on that kind of information. Sure. All right, Nicole, I'm gonna go Good. get turned on. Please here. go get turned on. Um,
1: can't wait to hear all about it.
0: Got the event. Enjoy yeah, if yourself. You're, if you're catching this on day of release, this pod, then that means tomorrow you, I'm still gonna be going live here from Thousand Watt Turn on. So you'll be able to catch that. Make sure you subscribe to the channel so you don't miss anything, so you don't miss a real word. And Nicole, next week, uh, we won't be in person, but in a couple weeks no. we're gonna be in person
1: yeah
0: and that studio that you're sitting in people might if you're watching on youtube you might see some some new things happening there we're
1: trying we're getting there
0: i'm hearing it's
1: a heck of a time I'm, getting a contract contractor cooper, here, but cooper's we're... out
0: here in portland with me and bobby and
1: oh cooper loves it
0: he's saying i hope they fix that wall before you get there because you're not going to love it right now that's what cooper said i'm just Jesus saying
1: cooper every time he was here he's like it's great it's great
0: yeah he's eating a big uh, scone he's having a big scone on. right now i'm gonna go see cooper's see what a Uh, Well, uh, I'll tell him you said that.
1: Please do. All
0: right. We'll see you guys next week. Keep it real.
1: See you guys.